As step parents, we learn very quickly and in many cases, very often, that we have to pick our battles. My guest and friend Brett Conda is no stranger to the experience, whether it's the marital relationship or it has to do with our stepchildren, knowing whether we should insert ourselves or step back or when we should speak up versus when we should just let things slide. There may not be a perfect way to go about it, but I think Brett deserves several golden stars. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. All right, Blenders, I have Brett Kondo with me right now, and I can't wait to dive into this topic. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Jeremiah. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, man. It's a blessing. Again, thank you for taking the time. Um, Before we hop in, I did want to reference the origin of our relationship, how we met. Um, You had reached out concerning the podcast. You took a listen, and I just love the affirmation. You know, sometimes it is a a bit of an isolated journey, but to know that I am supporting people, helping in any capacity, it's a huge blessing for me. So to hear from you, and then as I was creating some content, you came to mind, and I thought you'd be the perfect person to uh, to address this topic of picking your battles. Um, but again, before we get into it, what is the relationship as far as the marital relationship? How did you meet the wife, and then the dynamic of your family? Yeah, ha- happy to go into it. So um, I met my wife about ten years ago. Um, you know, at the time where, where we were in our lives is, um, you know, Brianna had uh, Ethan and Emma, uh, nine and seven years old at the time. Um, I was single. I had just basically finished a career playing professional golf, traveling the world, figuring out what to do with life next. Um, we met at a, at a local restaurant, went to dinner the uh, the next night, and, and I proposed nine months later. So... Uh, definitely kind of love at first sight, but I think a good lead into to the podcast here is within the first 10 minutes of being at dinner, she said, I'm sure you've looked at my Facebook, you know, I got two kids. How does that work for you? So <laughs> this was not a situation where I found yeah. out later into the relationship. Yeah. It was in the first 10 minutes where she said right away, like, yep. I have two kids. Is that okay with you? If not, I'm probably going to leave. So um, she was very upfront, honest, set the tone early. um, And that's, you know, kind of the backbone of our relationship. But I didn't meet the kids until uh, probably six to seven months into into dating. So she she definitely screened me and uh, vetted me a little bit. And then uh, (laughs) eventually I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet them. That's awesome, man. I appreciate the thorough vetting. Um, that is a necessary process as, yeah. you know, we're practicing some courtship. And then I didn't know about the professional golfing. I could have. I, I know listeners, you don't see uh, what I'm seeing right now. Brett has great hair. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> and it, honestly, it's the the hair of a golfer. Just a picture of that. And like he hole in one. Nailed it. Uh, it's fantastic, man. 
But that's great. So you uh, met 10 years ago and you guys have been married you've, uh, and you've been functioning as a step parent for how long? Yeah, uh, we, we I proposed about nine months in, into dating uh, and we've been married uh, six years coming up on on seven. Um, so, you know, really been basically step parenting, parenting that entire time. Yeah. That is fantastic. And then as far as uh, another connection point that we have, I have both fathers of my oldest, my stepdaughter, as well as my niece, who, again, my wife and I have guardianship over. So my brother, um, they are invested in the lives of both of those girls, which is an amazing thing. And it's the preference, ultimately. And that is something that you can relate to as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Both, both dads are, um, in the picture, uh, here supportive. Um, and that's, you know, part of, uh, developing the relationship, right. Um, needs to be healthy and they need to see a healthy relationship between the two. And, um, we're absolutely at that point, but there was a period where it wasn't like that. Um, and Mm -hmm. we had to work through it. And, you know, another, another point that, uh, uh, that we share is we both have biological kids as well, right? Yeah. Which is something we'll, we'll also talk about that balance. Absolutely. It is a, it is a balancing act. And then again, the picking your battles, it just doesn't get more perfect <laughs> as far as the individual I'm interviewing. This is going to be awesome. Um, so we are diving into, we've been in a series essentially being a step parent. So I I'm looking forward to this factor Um, being introduced to the listeners because it is a familiar experience as far as some of the components of what you you go through on a daily basis and what the last almost seven years have consisted of for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So as we were talking, uh, we were addressing things such as control. We had a conversation a few weeks ago for listeners. Uh, We talked on control. We talked on ego. And then you I believe that you stated this phrase of picking your battle. So let me go ahead and open with the question of what has been the greatest battle you've experienced with your wife, specifically as you've worked toward establishing roles and expectations in the home. Sure. Yeah. So um, to kind of start from from day one, you know, something that um, I realized in, and identified in myself that, that I didn't really like um, was was being very selfish. And, you know, I think my, my career and what I was doing, um, at the time lent itself to that. Um, but I didn't like it about myself. And, you know, I've actually talked to my wife about this, you know, I've let her know that, um, you know, not, not a big motivation, but part of the motivation, um, for being a good stepdad in, in the kids' lives, um, is to break down that, that barrier of selfishness and that feeling of selfishness, because, you know, being a step parent is, is one of the most selfless things you can do. And so, yeah. you know, I wouldn't say like being nurturing and, and um, you know, an ideal step parent was something that was natural to me. It was actually quite the opposite. Right. Yeah. And this was something that I knew I was going to have to work on. And it's taken me years and years and years and years to, to try and figure this thing out. And so, you know, one thing that was really interesting um, with my wife early on was she made it very clear that, um, you know, the kids didn't need another dad. Um, what my role was, was to be supportive and to show them what a healthy relationship and marriage looks like. 
Um, she doesn't need necessarily another disciplinarian or somebody to come in and, and take the reins on parenting, which at the time sounded great. Um, <laughs> but, but as I started to think about it more and look at it, um, you know, I, I tend to be fairly controlling, um, and, and want to be very involved and, um, I'm passionate in, in whatever I do, but that was a double-edged sword, um, when it, when it came to step parenting, yeah, especially when she set that tone very early on. So you know, again, this is something I'm still working on, but finding my place when it comes to disciplining, you know, instilling my values into the kids, I always have to be aware and cognizant that there's another biological parent in the picture that are both great guys that have good relationships with their kids and, and have an impact on them. So what, what's my role, right? And uh, what, what am I here to do and, and here to show them? Um, and it's taken plenty of therapy, plenty yeah. of really challenging, you know, fights with my wife, with my stepkids, yeah. you know, now that they're, they're at the age of, you know, 18 and 15. So they're, they're basically adults in, in a lot of ways. And our role as parents and especially step parents completely evolves, you know, from nine and seven to 18 and 15. It, it's yeah. a huge change. So like picking your battles is is absolutely critical to harmony and and health within the house. Yeah, absolutely. And there is no way to adequately prepare to step into such a role. And no. you can on, honestly appreciate um, how direct your wife was within the first 10 minutes. And just, she seems like a strong willed yeah. woman and a person that can speak her mind and be clear and whatnot. And that is a huge blessing, but, in spite of that clarity, in spite of the ability to establish an expectation, because a lot of step families, they lack expectation and that's extremely dangerous. But even in the presence of expectation, it can be very difficult to navigate. Absolutely. And then it's almost like someone who is on the outside looking in that may not be familiar with the situation is like, dude, you knew what you were stepping into. Like it was made clear. It was black and white. So yeah. what is the stress about? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Can you speak to that S- at all? Says somebody that's probably not a step parent. Like you knew what you were <laughs> what getting I mean? yourself into, but you don't really <laughs> actually know. And you know, Jeremiah, that's, that's frankly how I found your podcast. Right, because I was I was doing some searching. I, I tend to be an audio, um, you know, audio based learner. Um, I like to listen, um, you know, as opposed to necessarily read. And there just were, were not a lot of podcasts or, or YouTube channels or, or resources on on how to do this. Um, yeah. And you know, especially from the male perspective, right? I, I, there's not a lot of uh, resources out there where you know, the male figure as a step parent opens up and talks about these things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like you're on an island sometimes. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, doing some research and trying to to get better um, and and improve is is how I found your podcast. Right. Yeah. And so that was kind of the first problem is like, man, there's no, there's not much out there to learn from. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And I can kind of understand it because every situation is so unique. Right. Every family is different. The dynamics are different. But I've also learned that there's underlying threads 
um, that, that should be set um, as a step parent. And especially one uh, in a situation where, again, dad is in the picture. Um, Because I think those are two very, two very separate kind of situations. Yeah, that is true, man. I am familiar. I am familiar inside looking in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And on to the next as a man and you like, it is really important that there is the male perspective because Mm -hmm. of the whole, (laughs) it's, it's really funny because the being a, a step parent forces you to be in touch to a degree with your process. You can't be ignorant to, to what you're feeling because at any moment you are just on two different planes, whether with between yourself and your wife, yourself, yourself and your, your stepsons, and then things, it's just a catastrophe. The collateral damage is insane. It's just, it's almost a hairline trigger, especially early on when you're trying to figure out how to do this the right way. So it essentially forces you to be in touch with yourself a bit so you can navigate yourself first and foremost. And then at that point function within the role as you're supposed to. Um, But as a man, what do you think is a significant consequence of picking your battles incorrectly? Yeah. Well, we have big egos, right? Um, (laughs) And, and that's kind of built into us and stepping into this situation is going to force you to look inward and and have an extremely high level of self-awareness and for you to look demons from your past dead in the eye right <laughs> which which I really had to do you know there there were things like you said hair trigger you know there were certain things that my stepkids would do that would trigger something yeah and there was a very long period there where it was just pure confusion about why that would get to me right and you have to dig deep, face those demons, overcome them, and be and be super present um, yeah. and aware when these things happen, because their brains are not formed. They don't know why you're reacting that way, right? I mean, these are kids, and you don't have that natural biological tie when you see your baby come out of the womb, cut the umbilical, be the first one to hold them, take literally keep them alive. That bond is not there, right? Both chemically, emotionally, mentally. And so it really takes you, uh, it it takes a a deep understanding of who you are and what your flaws actually are. And that basically gets into picking your battles because you're behind the eight ball as a step parent in most cases. You're not going to be the first one that they lean on. You're a stranger in most cases. And if you come in and try and impose your will, from day one and try and make them be like you or be like, you know, the uh, a kid of that's biologically your own, you're set up for failure. It's going to be a really, really tough path for you. So always putting yourselves in in their shoes and, and trying to be empathetic to the trauma that it's likely caused them, you know, having you enter their lives is is absolutely critical um and knowing what works with them and what doesn't you know Mm -hmm. like one of my stepkids highly communicative communicative talks all the time has no problem expressing her feelings can come and talk and we work things out the other one not happening right Mm -hmm. 
And so it's two completely different paths that you have to go down to try and get through to them. And I didn't do a good job um, of, of doing that early on. Um, it's improved as time has gone on naturally. Um, but it was really challenging and it was, it was a hard thing to, to overcome. Um, but the one thing that, uh, or I guess two things that were kind of underlying principles when it comes to picking battles is number one, the kids are always going to watch what you do, not listen to what you say. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Right. And then number two, the most important job as a step parent, in my opinion, is to show them what a healthy relationship in marriage looks like. And for them to know that, hey, you're not going anywhere, period. And and you have to say that and you have to reinforce that. Like, you might be really mad at me right now and I might be really mad at you, but I'm not going anywhere. Like when you wake up in the morning, I'm going to be here. And I think, you know, as they get older, they need to hear that less. But early on, that's that's important. And listen, were there were there nights and times where I deep down didn't think I'd be there in the morning? Yeah, yeah, there 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 definitely were. But you know, there, there's not many things more beautiful than like a really healthy step parent step kid relationship later in life, right? Yeah. Where you can provide those um, emotional and, and mental and uh, psychological gaps where the biological dad might not. So yeah. those are those were kind of the the guiding principles when it came to picking battles and again this was this was not learned by listening or reading this was learned by doing and at times doing a horrible job of it yeah. and and having to learn and feeling some serious pain um because there's going to be a lot of rejection right um it's going to happen a lot and and if you are not okay dealing with rejection it's going to be a tough path <laughs> absolutely um and we all struggle with that to a degree um it really is and i i really appreciate the honesty and the realness like it's just it is a raw experience and we are thrown into the deep end obviously having the connection point that is our spouse is essential but even in that um, we're working toward seeing things the same way or respecting the fact that we see things differently and how Bingo. can we make this work there it is. as we walk That's together. Right. That's right. It, That's right. Being okay having different values towards things, right? Because when you have a biological child, it's much easier to do that. You can kind mm -hmm. of align on big key things in life and, and align on how you're going to discipline and align on how you're going to instill values. But, you know, when they're a little bit older and, and stepkids – I didn't have that luxury, mm -hmm. right? Which was really hard for the ego yeah. and for, you know, the kind of day-to-day -day, uh, control that, that you kind of crave um, yeah. that you're not, you don't have. Yep. And I, the, the crave term, that is something that is built into all of us essentially, but it yeah. is more uh, predisposition for men as far as uh, desire to provide safety and connection within our homes and the blended family. Ultimately it kind of compromises that. Um, so the conflict of again, functioning within our roles, leading our families, but then at the same time, acknowledging our limitations. Oh my gosh. 
It is, it is extremely strenuous. Um, it's yeah. possible to, to take the proper steps and approach things, things the right way. But man, the strain is no joke, man. It'll, it'll drive you a little crazy. it's capable it is capable so uh you did reference um speaking with your stepsons and affirming hey like i'm not going anywhere like and that being in part part of your follow-up process but other than that with the wife or in other instances it's not just about what took place with whether it was a fallout, a misunderstanding, it's oftentimes our follow-up that is extremely valuable. And that's what makes the final impression. So what has your follow-up um, kind of consisted of when you've entered those moments or you've left those moments of conflict? Yeah. So um, what I, what I kind of learned was, you know, intense situations where I was trying to be the dad, um, you know, tough love, te- teach them the hard things, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. When you don't get a response and it's not effective and it doesn't work, that feeling of, of rejection can – that was my hair That was my hair trigger right there. That mm-hmm. That rejection of not getting any results from like – you know, because, you know, I grew up as an athlete and that teaches you a lot of things, right? That you want to just naturally instill in your kids. But over time, when it doesn't work, you kind of sit there, you're like, well, wow, this is frustrating. Um, and so, you know, after uh, a situation where that would happen, um, I would usually try and, and give it a day to, to think about it and calm down. Um, and then it's usually just an apology, you know, like sitting down, calm conversation. Hey, you know, I apologize for, for getting upset and emotional yesterday. Giving them insight into why we struggle, right? Because they need to have a good understanding that like we don't have it figured out, right? Like we're not we're not the end all be all. We don't we don't know everything. And I messed up. And, you know, there's still things that I want to teach you, but hey, yesterday was not the right way to go about it. Yeah, And again, as kids get older, it, it changes, right? Because, you know, up till the age of call it, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, something like that, you're really kind of the end all be all in terms of what they are going to do and not going to do. But then as they start driving and become teenagers, it, it morphs into more of like, hey, you've got two decisions here. Here's the result of decision one. Here's the result of decision two. It's on you, yeah. which is kind of the shift you have to you have to make as they get older. Um, because the other path won't work at all. And it, it's about um, setting the context for the long term, you know, in, in these apologies or when you have to have the conversation, like the harder conversations. Right. And, you know, they were teenagers throughout all of COVID, you know, uh, us being in the same house, which is just a whole nother thing. Right. And <laughs> it's a whole nother challenge. It's like, you know, usually you're going to be out at school or, or you're going to be out playing sports or with your friends. But, oh, hey, now you're going to step parent. You're about to be locked in your house for close to two years with your, your teenage step kids. <laughs> good, good luck. Oh, my <laughs> right? gosh. Yeah, so, you know, that takes it to just a whole nother level. And, and I'll never yeah. forget, like, right when, when the lockdown was announced and everything kind of came down, like we all sat outside 
and and Brianna and I tried to, to talk to him and we were basically like, this is unprecedented. This is unheard of. There's probably going to be times where we want to kill each other, but you know, we're locked in this house together and let's try and get through this and yeah. like make it, make it out alive. Cause this is not going to be <laughs> fun. This is not going to be enjoyable most of the time, but let, let's, let's do the best we can here to, to get through it. Right. And, um, you know, I'm thankful to say that we did and yeah. everything is good. Uh, but boy, you know, that just, you know, being in the same room or home at all times with, with angsty teenagers is, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of hormones go, yeah. going around and you have to manage that. And at the time I had a one, one-year-old, two-year-old. So, yeah. you know, these are all things where it's like, you just have to stay present. If you start thinking too much into things and, and overanalyzing, uh, it's just not a great, not a great path. Yeah. I actually, I had a one-year-old too during that time, <laughs> lockdown, man, yeah. wild, Brush. wild. We were doing the, uh, homeschooling for a bit and there would, there were days where I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go in my room. I'm closing the door. Whatever happens to you guys happens. You're in the Lord's hands until Bob shows up for the rest of the day. I'm done. I, I, yeah. I would do that a few times. Just had to. I had to do it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, but I love that you uh, referenced or you uh, touched on allowing them to see into your process, allowing them to see your humanity. And it, there's it, apologies are so powerful um, because it allows for a reset. There does come a point where apologies are empty when actions don't change and our approach remains the same. But yeah. when we pause things, we admit our faults and then we let them know, Hey, this is where I'm struggling. This is, this is where I'm at right now in this process. And I strongly suggest that we don't desire that they fully comprehend whatever it is that we're going through. There are a lot of parents out, out there that just are reaching too far for that affirmation they are um, giving their children, their stepchildren too much information concerning what they're going through. It's just good for them to have a glimpse a for glimpse. them to see our humanity yes. slightly. Yes. And then again, um, that moment of pause is, is really powerful. Um, so I, I love that you more. do it, man. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's one of these things where um, they need to know your background, right? Like they're not, as the step parent, they're not deeply embedded in your family. They, they don't know mm -hmm. the history. They don't know the dynamics between, you know, me and my parents. And like, I've had to sit down with each of them as they've gotten older and give them insight into why I am the way I am and why yeah. I sometimes react the way I react. And, you know, and it's based on past relationships and that really does bring down the walls. Um, yeah. when, when you do that now you can overdo it, like you said, which is yeah. a really bad idea. Uh, but giving them an, an understanding of like why we are the way we are because there's not that native DNA where they get yep. it and they understand yep. it. There's just, yep. that's just not there. And so giving them insight into your history and your past relationships and your struggles, um, I think is a really good strategy, uh, for building a longer connection. Yeah. Agreed. And you, uh, you talked on how the marriage relationship and the example of how to 
not, you know, achieve the perfect union, but how man and wife can make it work. That's the greatest gift that we can essentially give our children. Honestly, we, I, I often look at them in their eyes as much as I love them. And I tell them, Hey, I like her way more than I like you guys. <laughs> like, I love you guys. You're fantastic, but that's I'd much one. rather hang out with her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, that's a truth that they 100% need to be aware of. Um, totally. <laughs> but leading in that way, as far as our marriage relationship, that takes precedent over everything. So, uh, when you do experience those bouts of pride, um, because it happens, um, how does that, how have you found that that affected the marriage relationship specifically? Yeah. Good, good question. It's, it's the single hardest thing I've ever done in my life, um, is to rebuild that connection with your wife post massive fight about a kid. It is, I, I, you know, I don't, there's not even anything close that I can compare it to in, in my life, um, in, in terms of that. And I think from day one, you know, my wife, uh, had our, had our oldest at age 17, um, you know, really didn't grow up with much, uh, you know, her dad passed away at an early age. So she didn't necessarily have this male figure that could, could help and, and show her the way mom was working all the time. Right. And then she had number two at age 20. And like, no matter what happens, the amount of respect um, that I have for my wife basically trumps all else. And, you know, I have a pretty privileged upbringing, um, very different than what that what she's gone through. And, you know, I can pretty much give her 100 percent of the credit for any type of grit that I have or um, humility to, to understand when people are going through hard times. And I always knew that I was second priority to the kids. And if you don't understand that up front, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, And we talked about that very, very early on. And she told me, she goes, my kids are always number one. And for a lot of guys, that's, that's tough to hear. Like that's a big uh, that's a big, you know, hit to the ego and something that is is tough for a lot to swallow. And mm-hmm. there have absolutely been times where I've acted out in ways that I regret because of that. Right. Yeah. Where, hey, why are you taking his side? Why? You know, and that's her challenge. Her challenge is also being a wife and being yeah. neutral, but also a parent. And yeah. so that's something we've had to work work on together. But Man, my my wife just has such a good head on her shoulders and um is such a good human being that you know, that respect will will always be there no matter what. Um and you just always have to take a step back, right? When you get heated, you know, emotions are high cuz it's going to happen. Yeah. You're probably going to say things you regret. Um sure. and and apologizing and just remembering that you know, that love and respect you have for your wife needs to always be there. And again, you you are probably going to be second priority to to the child in, in almost mm-hmm. every case. Um, and if that's not clearly defined and communicated early, um, it's going to be a very tough path. Yeah. And you're fortunate that that was communicated early. Yeah. Yeah. Really. 
is it's and it is one thing to hear it it's another thing for it to be lived out in action there's a again there's this part of us almost this uh childish selfish part of us that just wants something else other than what the reality is at times Right. And, and, you know, usually you're going to be going through this in kind of your late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, like, you know, I don't know how old you are, Jeremiah, but I think we're, we're probably pretty close. Um, and you know, we're not fully developed, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not 45, we're not 50, we're not 55 where we've gone through a lot and seen a lot. And, um, like we're still developing, right. We're, we're still mentally and emotionally developing. Um, and it should be a journey that you, you go on together. Right. Yeah. Agreed. And you've uh, you've touched on it throughout a bit. But as far as the challenge of raising kids without that biological connection, because you do have a, a son, correct? That is yeah. um, that you and Brianna did have together. Yeah. So you can almost ha- you have this tangible difference of experience. So mm-hmm. what is what has that been like as far as the challenge of that? Yeah. I mean, so he's five now and. Um, it's so easy to treat your biological differently and in most times better than, Mm -hmm. than your stepkids. And I'm not sure there's a more harmful thing that you could do, um, than that. Right. Cause any type of favoritism, um, any type of, of making them feel like an outcast when you, you give preferential treatment to your biological, like that. I would argue is as harmful and toxic as just not being a good step parent to them in in most cases. Right. And it's hard. It's really, really hard because you're fighting every chemical in your body. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, doing your best and just always trying to treat them the same. Um, not treat them the same in every aspect because they're different people and not everything works for everybody. But in terms of being fair um, and equitable amongst all three for me, I know you have more than me, but, but three for me is, is absolutely key. And and if you don't do that, um, the end is, is probably pretty terminal, I would say. And, you know, again, and, and, and I have a decent size age gap, but, you know, one thing that we've done is is have the older kids watch him and, and build a closer bond, right, and, and spend time with them um, and, and try and do things all together. But it's you really have to focus on not treating them any differently and, and act like they're all biological and, and make that mental shift, you know, not just act like it, but live it and believe it that, hey, yeah. these are all your kids, right, financially. You know, I don't even... I don't even know if you talk about that with other people, but hey, you know, I know yeah. finance is a lot a lot of times an uncomfortable topic for folks, but like, you know, two plus one is, you know, it's a lot more than just that one in terms of, of everything. Like, yeah. you know, our, our meals for two at one point, that, that bill's a little different for five. So, <laughs> and I've seen that happen a lot, you know, yeah. like you need to be financially ready to treat your stepkids the exact same as you would your, your biological. Um, and so there's so many, there's so many factors, um, that, that go into this, but at the end of the day, you just have to see them all as biological. Yeah. And it's, uh, it it really comes down to having the right heart 
because you're right. Uh, they're all unique in their personalities and what affirms them, how we can support them. Um, but it really just comes down to our hearts. And there's almost this natural, especially when we've experienced the rejection and the frustration, this natural desire to um, kind of shower our adoration on our biological versus the ones that we have to fight to connect with. Um, and it has to be a deliberate choice because you're so correct, dude. You're by the way, you're killing it, bro. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Our belief systems are just so it's so similar. It's a little good, man. Good. Good. (laughs) Again, man, this is, um, you know, I like to say like, you don't learn how to do push-ups from watching YouTube videos. Like <laughs> you, you kind of got to go through this <laughs> and, and you kind of have to do it um, to, to figure these things out. And, and like I said, a lot of therapy hours have, have gotten me to this point. This is not, I'm not taking any credit here. Um, it's, it, it's, it's purely professionals and, and my wife getting us through this, but no, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. And, you know, this again, this is this is important for people to hear. And, and ego is the number one killer of, of anything positive. It really is because you're going to feel a lot of rejection um, when you, especially again, when when dad or mom on the other side is in the picture like that rejection is real. Like yeah. my kids absolutely prefer my wife. Like <laughs> no question about it. And that can eat at you, you know, because we all want to feel desired. We all want to mm-hmm. feel loved and welcomed and a lot of the times you're that's just not going to happen um and you have to be okay with that yeah let's touch on that a bit as far as how you have become okay with that obviously you've referenced therapy you've referenced you know uh the bond between your wife and yourself and getting on the same page getting more familiar with yourself but even while your circumstances and everything is set up for you to succeed success is still something that you have to, it's a decision essentially. Like you have to agree make an agreement, establish a contract, whatever you want to call it to move in that direction. So how have you done that? Like what is, what is the decision that you make that allows for you to just keep showing up? It's, it's complete and utter commitment period. Um, you know, I, I am fortunate that I, I tend to commit to something and put the blinders on, um, mm-hmm. whether that be professional or, or personal. It's no matter what, I'm going to be here. We're going to get through it. I'm committed. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell you, like, you know, my wife and I went through plenty of hard patches. Like, there were very challenging, difficult conversations that needed to be had. Um, you know, there were times where we didn't know if we were going to make it. And now that we basically have, uh, you know, it's so incredibly gratifying and and rewarding (laughs) on the other side of it. And you just have to be committed. And like you said early on, it's like, you know what you're getting yourself into kind of right. Like, but it's good for, for new step parents to be able to listen to this type of stuff or, or read about it or have more resources. And, you know, I think that's what we're trying to do here. Um, kind of arm, arm folks for what they're getting, getting themselves into. And, um, yeah, humility 
um, humility, commitment, and, and empathy are kind of the three things that you can't just say. Like, you know, it's, it's very easy to, for me to sit here and say this or for you to sit there and, and say these things, right? It's very different to deploy it in times of real struggle, right? When, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, thank God I haven't gotten that you're not my dad uh, line very many times, if if any. Um, I'm, I'm grateful of that because that one that one stings for sure, right? Because that's a real again another hit to the ego, um, and and I know that that happens a lot. And like you just have to have an understanding that a bad step parent tarnishes kids for a very long time, um, and the responsibility that you bear by by taking on this role it's not trivial it's it's a serious commitment and and dedication that you better be ready for decades to endure you know yeah. and again as they get older and if you do your job properly it is going to be a beautiful relationship on the other side right but but while you're in it and you know there's times where you're like I don't know if I am going to make it yeah um but just keep going right keep keep pushing through it a lot of times just just stop talking and shut up is a good tactic. <laughs> you know, like because you're going to want to say something. You're going to want to snap back. You're going to want to get mad. And sometimes it's like, dude, just go on a walk or or just go just go be by yourself. Go do what you need to do and that is the best possible thing you can yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, because you realize it's not in this moment it seems so dire. It seems like we've reached some crazy pinnacle that deserves some type of reaction from me. Um, but that's just, we're not that cool. It's not that important that we have something to say. I've literally in this, this year, I feel like I had the revelation as to why older men don't say a whole lot. <laughs> it's just like, dude, yeah. like, I'm yeah. just going to shut up. <laughs> Listen, I, it's true. It's just, it's just true. It's the better path. And I've learned the hard way. Like, yeah, Clearly, I, I don't have a problem talking, um, and <laughs> you know, and 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 getting into things, you know, pretty deeply, and um, it just doesn't always work. Uh, yeah. It actually rarely, rarely works. And oh man, you know, a lot of the time, the best response is just, um, "I hear you, and I'm here for you." Yeah. Period. Done. That's yeah. that's the end of it. Um, and, and, you know, when you're seeing things that you don't like or approve of, it just goes back to that decision thing. Hey, you, this is your decision. You've got two decisions to make here, right? Um, here's the result of decision one, and here's the result of decision two. And this is based on my life experience, right? Yep. And we'll just make try to be relatable. Absolutely. Um, and you do learn over time that uh, as far as your approach for your kids, whether they are biological or whether they are your stepchildren, there's so many more similarities than there are differences. Um, essentially, we're tasked. We have the blessing of raising these individuals up. They will eventually depart. And we loved and led them effectively or we didn't. Um, yeah. And their response to it in the midst of it is is that should not be the most important thing. Obviously, we want peace we want the affirmation that can exist within our relationship, but we can't fiend for that the way uh -huh. that parents often do. Or 
And this stuff applies to the nuclear and traditional family. Absent totally. of stepchildren and all these things, we are tasked with the same job. We really are. And that's that's just something that we it were it's kind of force fed yeah. upon us or yeah. for the sake of survival. Um, either we uh, recognize it and accept it or things fall apart. And I, I just love that you emphasize just the commitment and knowing not just through the trials, but the trials help us understand it's not about happiness. It's not like our, our, our marriage, our family, we will experience happiness, but it, it's not about that. It's about it's not. again, functioning in our role. And then the fulfillment that comes from that um, blows away any happy period of time that we can put together. Fulfillment's the perfect word. You know, just, you know, both you and I are in the thick of it. Think about when your youngest turns 18, 19, 20, they're out of the house and you look at your wife and just kind of have that moment of like huge sigh of relief. We did it basically. We did it. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and that fulfillment at the end, when that does happen, will trump any other fulfillment you can have as a part as partners. It, re- it yeah. really will. Right. Like, you know, granted that the kids are good kids and they're out doing their thing. Like, you know, yeah, that's not always going to be the case. There, there could be troubled children past the age of 18, 19, 20. But yeah. let's just assume that we're doing a decent job and, <laughs> and they do get out there at 18, 19, 20 and are, are good, happy people. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day, yeah. right, where, you know, you and your wife can now just fo- really focus on each other, uh, which mm-hmm. will be such a weird feeling, right? Because, you know, outside of whatever, save seven or eight hours of sleep and maybe, what, 30, 45 minutes, an hour before you pass out at night and, and go to sleep because your day was so crazy, like, you're either working, you're doing something for the kids, you're up early, like, every minute is accounted for. And I'm, I'm not sure people truly realize how every minute is accounted for, um, yeah. you know, in, in these types of situations, like with sports and extracurricular and school and um, I'll tell you, I don't think you have any kids that are driving yet, but that's a game changer. Jeez. Dude, it's like, <laughs> a, like, like something to look forward to. It's something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. You fantastic. can, uh, you can turn off your, your Uber parent app. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know cuz a lot of times I just feel like an Uber. Um yeah, and you know sure. taking taking kids around that's that's a lot of the role that <laughs> that you eventually have. But um you know and again the other thing to think about this is like you know your career or your job or or providing for for all of these kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just it's you can't ever get in the trap of like you know it's hard to say like to your kid, do you understand how hard I work for you? Do you understand the financial situation you're in? Like, no, they don't. They don't care either. I made that mistake. Like, Hey, you see me working 10 hours a day. Like you think it's all for me. They're like, well then don't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And right. And that's the response. I'm like, you know, I don't think you get it. Like another trigger that, yeah, another trigger. Well, an, right, another trigger, and it, it, it's at that moment where it's like, all right, stop talking, and now it's time to go take that walk. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's excellent. Um, well, before you go again, thank you so much, man. Golden, yeah, thank just you, absolutely golden, dude. This is what I was looking for. 
when I was in the early stages of being functioning as a step parent, legit, right. this exact right. conversation. So I, I, I appreciate you blessing so many people, man. Um, but you've, you've touched on a lot. Um, and you'll probably retouch on something, but what do you feel is one of the more significant lessons you've learned, uh, about yourself? Because I, I mentioned earlier, we oftentimes have to navigate ourselves before we navigate the blended family experience, especially as the leader of your home and your family. So how, um, what's something that you've learned? One of the more significant things about yourself. Be nice to yourself. Be, be easy on yourself because you're yeah. going to mess up a lot. You're going to feel like you're doing a really bad job a lot. Um, and, you know, I'm talking about, you know, empathy for the kids. You kind of have to do that with yourself too. Like I'm my own biggest critic. Um, there's plenty of times where I've felt immense guilt. Um, I've felt immense regret uh, for the things that I've done and I've said and I've had to learn to be easier on myself um, and, and nicer to myself because at the end of the day, if you wake up in the same home the next day and you say, I'm sorry, you can get through it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's you know something we haven't really touched on yet because you're going to screw up plenty yeah. and, and you're going to feel like you're doing a bad job consistently um, and just, yeah. Be, be easy on your wife <laughs> as much as you, you are on yourself. Um, you know, expectations are, are tough to meet a lot of the time uh, when you're a step parent because why don't you do it like this? You know, you should be doing it like this. Well, maybe they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and so just, yeah, being, being easy on yourself and your partner is, is going to lead to longevity versus the alternative. That's fantastic, man. That's a strong finish. That's a, that's a kind of a, you know, I don't know what they call it in gymnastics. I don't know. Well, uh, I'm a Laker Kobe fan. I'll just call it a, a Black Mamba out. A Black Mamba Kobe, 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 Kobe mic drop. <laughs> Love it. That's fantastic, man. Under the Kobe. Um, but, Brett, man, so good again. Thank you so much for this. Like, again, this is going to be huge for a lot of people, a lot of a game changer in many homes. I believe that. Um, so thank you for taking the time and uh, speaking on your experience, bro. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I greatly appreciate you inviting me on. And um, thank you for everything you're doing. It, it was it was absolutely vital in, in me learning a lot of these lessons. So keep, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I'm happy to help anywhere I can. Absolutely. Thanks, bro. Love Thanks, Jeremiah. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.